You are listening to Love That Voiceover. Brought to you by me, the talented voiceover artist, Rebecca Michaels Haw, also known as Love That Rebecca. Today's show is the third episode with Randy Ryan. He's from Hamsterball Studios, where he was talking to me directly from Austin, Texas. Check out episodes one and two and the Love Bites with Randy. So let's talk a little bit about your experiences now to date. You're, you're, it's, we're in present time, 2013, and mm-hmm. you've been doing this for X number of years. You started doing it. You started your career with music. That created the business, but then the business added um, the sound design that went even further than just composing, as well as voice, voiceover, direction, casting, production. Um you learned about casting and directing voice. Can you tell us about how you feel about that now, what you've learned, what you would advise people? The biggest piece of advice is if you are really serious about being a voice actor, and I'm going to presume that you're past the uh, newbie stage. Um, if you're a true newbie, you know, and people, you know, my biggest piece of advice is go take acting lessons. Right. Uh, I think that you've got just this great sounding voice and you can do characters and people are in your friends laugh. You know, it's like, no, it's a lot more complicated than that. And, you know, and acting voice acting lessons, not just, I mean, I'm not saying that acting lessons don't have value, but voice acting lessons, because you can't use anything else. You, you know, it's great to be in the booth and throwing your arms around and jumping up and down, but, but, you know, but nobody's going to see it. So it has to come through in how you are speaking. Right. Uh, but past that, I don't think I can stress enough anymore that the industry has changed the point that get a good home studio. And if you're not a techie, pay the money, have somebody come in and outfit it. It doesn't, this doesn't have to be overly complicated. If you're doing voiceover, you need one really good mic that suits your voice. You need a really good computer with good software uh, that you can at least do some more than just basic recording, at least a little bit of basic editing on your, your own. It doesn't matter whether it's audacity or, um, or twisted wave or pro tools. It doesn't have to be the top line. Yeah, Pro Tools to me is just absolutely, I mean, if, if you really want it for something else, great, but for voiceover, that is such overkill. You don't need multi-track capability. You don't need MIDI implementation. Um, Pro Tools is, it, Pro Tools is not a voiceover tool, even though a lot of people use it. And it's problematic and it's expensive and you, you know. Right. You know, but get a good booth, uh, whether you want to do something like a whisper booth, a standalone, or you want to create your own or have somebody build it you know it's again it's voiceover it's not that complicated get a reasonably dead environment uh where you don't get room tone um get a good mic get a you know a good computer with you know recording software learn skype because um skype is going to replace isdn i'm i'm actually still stunned at the number of people that continue to use isdn me too it's it's expensive um yeah, you're, you know, I'm recording here instead of you recording there and then sending your stuff to me, but you're still using that recording environment. So the only thing you're saving is the FTP transfer. So let me get this straight. So we're going to pay an extra studio and 300 bucks an hour bridge so that we save 20 minutes of FTP transfer. That makes no sense to me. Do you think that it's the quality of how they hear it from their end? 
I think it is all in the mind fear of technology or I used Skype once six years ago and it sucked and it had a bad rep. And so they haven't gotten over that. Right. You yeah. know, and just I just I, you know, use Skype, you know, like we're doing right now. Yeah. I don't even I'm, I don't even have a, good, have a good mic hooked up. You know, I mean, if we were if I were going to be doing voiceover, you would be hearing me, you know, on my mic in my booth. You know, I've got some little cheap video camera mic hooked up and it still sounds so much better than a phone patch. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, Skype is definitely there. But people are, are talking about Source Connect as the replacement for ISDN in a... Source Connect's not stable. It's, it's, it's not a stable piece of software. And I'm sure there's somebody out there in Source Connect who might hear this, but it's not. Got it. Well, there are people who can't even get ISDN anymore in the United States because of their particular location and the phone company that might or might not provide it. There are geographic locations that actually will not support it any longer as far as the telecom company goes. So where do you think the industry is headed then? Let's speak about technology for a moment. You you mentioned Skype is going to replace ISDN, but how quickly is that going to happen? I think very. You know, I'm starting to actually record some Skype sessions, not because I... um, um, you know, and I started doing it just to see, okay, what am I getting across? And I'm listening and I'm comparing the files that come in later. It's like, you know, other than that little hiccup at, you know, three minutes in, um, this sounds really pretty good. You yeah, know? like the hiccup was maybe a drop and it, like yeah. a slight digital drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I've worked with folks actually in Texas where they did that for their rough cuts so they could get it to the client and make sure that the read was what they wanted. Absolutely. And then they waited for my FTP, of course, after that. And sometimes if they were on a real tight deadline and uh, they decided that the client liked it, they just kept it. Mm-hmm. And they worked with it. So yeah. that has happened to me, too. So I'm impressed with uh, the way that Skype is developing. And I'm just hopeful that they um, that they continue to, to develop that area because some people have said, well, will they provide a, a certain higher capacity of audio instead mm-hmm. of worrying about video on Skype? And I haven't heard that particular discussion get any further. Well, I think the, pro- the other problem with Skype um, that a lot of people have, and this is not Skype's problem, um, you know, I'm on an Ethernet cable talking to you. I, you know, uh, so many people just, they don't think about this. It's like wireless, it's fast. It's like, no, it, wireless is convenient and wireless is faster than it used to be. But if you really, you know, be on an Ethernet cable. It, right, be thing, wired, it, be yes, wired. absolutely be wired, you know, for your sessions. Right. Uh, you know, and I try to get even clients of mine who are just there to, you know, to sit in on the session to make sure everything goes well. It's like, if you can be on a wire, do, because you're going to say Skype is dropping out. And it's like, well, no, actually not for us. It's only for you. Yeah. Good points. Good points. Um, and, I'm, and I'm not necessarily, you know, stumping for Skype. There may be another piece of software um, that takes that uh, or, you know, or adds features that make, you know, that make it more of the de facto industry standard. But whether it's Skype or whether it's, you know, an, an offshoot or a competitor, I, I just this you know, makes too much sense. VOIP um, is the way to go. And because of that, I think that um, I would be very scared if I were a traditional studio because, you know, now if you're doing, if you're still doing things like orchestral recordings, 
um, you know, big productions, ensembles, things like that. that. That's very difficult to, you know, to replicate at this point with VOIP. But doing things like what we're doing here, uh, doing and the video game industry still largely does not do ensemble recording. There are some that do, but a lot of times it's just one one by one. Absolutely. You know, even people are talking to each other, you know, and that's also where it becomes very important to have a good voice director. Um, who understands how the dialogue is put together. Right. Keeping all the links of that conversation so that they fit later. Pieces of the puzzle. Um, When you're talking about the future and when you're talking about the technology, let's think a little bit about how the landscape has changed. You know, you've been watching it. You've been living it in your company. Um, The gaming industry is exploding. You haven't mentioned audiobooks, but they seem to be uh, bursting as well. Um, They are doing the audiobooks. So you have, that, okay, so hold yeah, on to that, that thought now, and and also the aspect of the uh, corporate narration, and um, and in the background, you know, there's the technology of um, computerized voice technology, like mm-hmm. Siri, but better. Like in the future, and I don't know when that future is exactly, but it's not that far away. The computer mm-hmm. will be able to replicate voices to a certain degree as well. So knowing what you've seen so far and the shifts that you've seen and how fast, knowing as well that people in voiceover land that are the artists that that have decided to jump in and are making their home studios like you've described, um, there's a lot of people that are saying they can do it. And some mm-hmm. of them are able to act. Some of them aren't. So they're not going to get into certain areas where you really need to have a better talent as actor. Mm-hmm. Where do you see the future going with all of these shifts that are happening? Um, it's always difficult to predict. Sure. Um, but I think that, you know, from what I've seen, I, I think that VO is it, 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 and in the same way that we were having the earlier conversation about about cable. Um, VO is becoming far more ubiquitous. It is its usage, you know, as storage increases, as speed increases, um, just like in a lot of other things in life, there are no restrictions for where there used to be. Why would you not add a voiceover to this? Why would you not? Um, you know, and it just becomes part of what people do. Um, so I, I think it's still very much of a growth industry right now. Um, will there be a threat somewhere down the road that uh, speech, that text to speech becomes so good that um, there's not reason to hire voice talents? You know, we'll see. Um, it could, like a lot of things. Um, you know, you could say that about about music. You could say, you know, you could say that about desktop publishing. Um, Organic beings have far more permutations than we have ever been able to put into machines. <laughs> That's a great quote. <laughs> that may be sometime down the road, there will be enough of the use of algorithms and permutations that uh, that the machines will kind of take over. I don't think that's going to happen in the near future. Um, I could be wrong, of course. But uh, I, I just I don't see the compelling reason for it, for starters. And, you know, I know that's how a lot of these things are driven. They're driven by, you know, by finances. Right. Uh, it, is is what voice talent you know, voice actors are making really enough to say, we got to make a machine that does that. So we're not paying these damn prices. You know, I I just don't see that yet. You right. Know? Right. We're not we're not in that that mindset yet as a culture perhaps i don't don't think so we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back 
Hi there, this is Cyril Arkin. Now don't touch that mouse, because Rebecca's got some great stuff coming up on Love That Voiceover. And speaking as the President of the United States, I hope you're listening to lovely Rebecca hosting Love That Voiceover. I know I am. <laughs> I cracked myself up. During this quick break, I just wanted to ask you to go ahead and connect with me. You can connect with me on Twitter two ways, at Rebecca Michaels and at Love That VO. You can connect with me on LinkedIn by finding me as Rebecca Michaels. You can connect with me on Facebook on my Facebook page, Rebecca Michaels. My website for voiceover is lovethatrebecca.com. And I'm also starting a voiceover improvisation workout group. So go to my website and go to the tab called Love That Improvo, Improv VO, and get the information. I look forward to hearing from you in any way, shape, or form. Always. Love That Voiceover brings you full-length interviews and sometimes love bites, little quickies. Always the fresh perspective of personalities inside the industry about the art and artistry behind the mic. This show is a dream come true for me. And I offer you my gratitude, my deepest gratitude. Everyone, you beautiful, sexy, delectable, delicious, fun, funny people that are listening. And very, very deep gratitude also to my incredible and wonderful and talented guests who <laughs> let me spend a little quality personal time with them. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. I'm here with Randall Randy Ryan of Hamsterball Studios. Oh, before we move on, how can people get in touch with you? Um, probably the best way is going to be email. Um, my email address is a little bit long, so I'll say it and then I'll spell it. Okay. It's, it's Randall, which is my full first name, and that's R-A-N-D-A-L-L at Hamsterball Studios. No P as we talked about before, so that's H-A-M-S-T-E-R. B-A-L-L-S-T-U-D-I-O-S dot com. Randall at HamsterBallStudios.com. And you can find Hamsterball Studios at the web, you know, HamsterBallStudios.com. Can you tell us where that name come from? Absolutely. <laughs> um, we spoke earlier that when we first started, we were CMB. When we started doing all the Internet stuff, again, this is early days of, of the Internet for most people, early days of the web. Right. And... Um, internetsound.com was available and we thought what a great name we are now internetsound.com which made enormous sense for the next several years yeah until the dot-com bust and until we were doing more games oh. it's like this this name makes no sense got it so hamster ball well at that time we had i had a hamster <laughs> by the name of annie and we had uh, a couple of employees. I think we had, I think we had a total of five people at the company at the time. Yeah. And we decided that we needed to change the name of the company. So everybody come to our house and we're going to mix some cocktails and we're going to brainstorm <laughs> names for it so that we can't do this because we can't, we can still be internet sound, but maybe we spin off a different division. You know, we didn't even know at the time what we were going to do. We just knew we could not continue to be internet sound and go after games. Right. Um, and as we were sitting there talking, coming up with all sorts of dreary names. And of course the things that happen in brainstorming sessions that are just, you know, funny, but bogus. <laughs> Annie was rolling by in her little ball. Oh. And I said, hamster ball, that would be a good name. And we all thought that was uproariously funny. And of course, the next day, you're like, yeah, we're not calling it that. <laughs> um, and 
days went by and we solicited opinions for the names we'd narrowed things down to other people and everything started going almost like back to the cmb thing like you know the great american music company i don't remember what they were but all like none these names are just boring yeah i went to laurie it's like why don't we just call it hamster ball what's the worst thing that could happen people go they hate it and then we change it again it's like we're not coming up with anything and we need to get on a name change so we just ran with it because we both still thought it was funny and memorable <laughs> and it just stuck that's awesome and so is that annie in cartoon form on the website that is, that is absolutely annie in cartoon. So, annie has not been around for several years but absolutely. she uh she well, she hung around for several years after that. She was the longest lived hamster I ever had. Very but, good. And thank yeah. you for sharing the correct spelling of hamster. <laughs> hamster, nope. no P. So just as a small business person, I'm assuming that you're not a megalopolis Fortune 500 company, right? Nope. And I don't think we ever will be, no matter how successful we are. It's just not, I mean, our model is not one to be, you know, lots of people. What is the, you know, best piece of advice you'd like to share as a small business person? Political or not? <laughs> oh, no. Um, sit down and calculate how much money you think it's going to take you to um, make your business happen. I'll give two pieces of advice. This is the first one. Sit down and make it, find out how much money you think it's going to actually think it's going to make to make your business happen before you start becoming profitable because nobody's profitable right away. Um, and think about how much time you think that's going to take. And then multiply that by three because you are going to be wrong. <laughs> and if you and I guarantee, you know, I had grown up with an entrepreneur, an entrepreneurial stepfather. I had been on the road, which, you know, putting together bands and making that go is very entrepreneurial. Yeah. And we woefully short on our targets. Mm. Um, now, that's just anecdotal. But I'm talking to other small business owners. This that is a for the people who survive it. That is a very common story. Yeah, we thought we'd, you know, three months, six months, we'd be fine. You know, it's like, no, not true. Triple so, it, triple it. Absolutely triple it. And if you can continue to work, you know, have another income stream while you're starting that off. Yes, this will mean you will be working your butt off. It's just the way it is. But it will, in the long run, it will pay off for you. Um, Great advice. Second piece of advice, if you do not know how to sell, um, go take some classes, go get a mentor, go take a sales job, um, learn on somebody else's dime. But the, the, the biggest problem that I see with most people who get into small business is they are usually doing it because they are what I call a crafter. You know, I, in my case, it's, I'm a musician, I'm a composer. Right. I be doing that for myself. Why should somebody else be making the money for me doing this? You're an artist, you're, you know, whatever it is that you are. And so, you, you know, you think that your job is to sell your craft. And the real truth of the matter is that there is a certain minimum level of talent that everybody needs to get to anything below that level. And, you know, you're just not good. But once you reach that threshold, and I can't tell you where it is, but it's, it's true for everybody. You get to a threshold where it's like, and now you are a professional fill in the blank. Right. Most people who are crafters think that to go from there, the next thing that they have to do, the, the people who are really successful are the geniuses uh, and voiceover. It's the people who can do all these voices and they just, whatever you tell them, it's like they've got a little dial on their voice. The new well, mill blanks or whatever. Absolutely. And the, the actual answer is no. Once you've reached that threshold, the true thing that makes you successful is how well you do everything that has nothing to do with your craft 
How well do you network? How well do you have your marketing materials together, your website, your business cards? Um, how well do you work with your clients? Um, you know, how are your finances in order? Uh, are you a self-starter that can get up in the morning and say, I'm instead of saying, I'm going to browse the web for an hour and a half and drink my coffee. It's I'm going to look at the top headlines and then I'm delving right into work. You know, those are the things that make you successful. Right. It is not sadly and, um, revelatory to a lot of people, how good you are. There are plenty of people I know who are voice talents, who there are way better voice actors than these particular people, but they do such a good job of taking care of their clients, taking, you know, showing up on time, uh, continuing to soft sell, to network, to do all those things that they just pick up a lot of work. And, and I don't mean to intimate that these people aren't good. They are good. They're very right. good. They're not necessarily the geniuses. They're not the genius voice talent. They're not the, oh, that's the most distinctive voice I've ever heard. They work their butts off and they do all the right things. Awesome. 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 And that pertains to all the craft or artist type work, I think, is true. You have to be a small business person and you have to know how to do that. And you need to study if you don't really have it from whatever experience you've already picked up. Like, you know, you had the stepfather that was the entrepreneur uh, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, I want to jump into the Rorschach questions round, the quiz, the quiz. I've, I've been looking forward to this because this is this part of it, when you even just mentioned it briefly, this intrigues me. So, Well, you know, it's just about wh- how you're feeling and where your head is at when I ask the question. So it's not about what the answer is so much as that you respond without thinking. <laughs> okay. Right. So what's your current favorite color? Oh, uh, blue. It's a very specific blue, like a dark royal blue. Well, it's not even a dark royal blue. I know the specific color. Is that an indigo blue? <sighs> yeah, that's close. It's real specific, and I, I don't even have a good description You're going to have to send me a picture. I... My goodness. What's, <laughs> I'll see what what's your favorite farm animal or pet? Oh, dogs. Oh, what kind of dog? Uh, I'm partial to mutts. Um, but dogs in general are just a breed of, you know, ju- they're just an animal that um, I'm continually fascinated by. I've always had dogs and um, they're just. Do you have a dog right now? Absolutely. Who is your dog? Uh, our dog right now is Lily. She's a 12 year old little mutt. Um, we actually a year ago um, lost Lance, who, who had been, well, he was 18. He, <gasps> That's he a did- long time extremely well and the smartest dog i have ever been around lily sadly is not smart (laughs) (laughs) she did not get the brain she's a sweet little dog very cute okay here's something um what's an item in your closet that you can think of right now (laughs) funny enough an item of clothing called the feather (laughs) um what is that uh, the story over this is I'll keep it as clean as possible. I was going to say. <laughs> it, this was brought out at Fort Lauderdale, which is why it's so fresh in my head. <laughs> the driver so there was this piece of clothing that it was just a, it, it was a jacket and it was a very long jacket. Um, a rock star jacket. A, very much a rock star kind of jacket. And the singer in our band noted that whenever I wore this jacket, I managed to go home with somebody who would be, shall we say, well above my station. (laughs) 
And so he started, he said, that thing is like Dumbo's magic feather. You just believe when you have that thing on. (laughs) (laughs) And when we played our gig at Fort Lauderdale, uh, my wife had actually gone into my closet and she had found it, which of course I hadn't even really seen it. I mean, I kind of in there and packed it in her luggage so that they could bring it out in the middle of the show. That's fantastic. Fantastic. So it's called the feather, the jacket. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Dumbass. Everybody knows it as the feather. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's, that's the only reason I kept it is because it became an iconic piece of clothing. It will I go mean, into I, the, the, uh, Hard Rock Cafe near yeah, you. Like that, right. <laughs> It'll get framed. Rock famous, yes, I probably would have donated it, but I'm not. So, <laughs> well, frame it anyway. It's cool. So, since you're a sound guy, what's your favorite sound? Ooh, um, I guess off the top of my head, um, the sound of uh, probably either early morning or late evening when the birds are the most active, and you get all the different sounds, um, not only just of nature, but mostly of birds. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, something else that would probably be in there that actually now that I'm talking would be the sound of frogs around the pond. <laughs> we have these t- toads, they, and they go, rah, rah, rah. Interesting. and they're kind of creepy because you get a bunch of them together and they start calling to each other. And then you hear this, rah, rah. <laughs> and then and then one time we were walking by this old abandoned house that had an abandoned pool that had captured a lot of water from rain but it was like a little bit of a swamp because everything was overgrown and we walked by it is freaky sounding it is yeah. creepy sounding interesting <laughs> so when i think of that i get a little creeped out <laughs> so yeah, i was like i, I hope think. yours is a happier sound <laughs> probably, probably yeah okay i cannot let you go without answering this question what is your favorite curse word <laughs> that's um boy favorite <laughs> curse word yeah, yeah the one you go to your go-to curse word I have to think about that. I, I swear a fair amount. Um, <laughs> generally not in public. This is uh, going to go public, but tell us your favorite phrase. Uh, Maybe there's a certain way, like it comes out in a flurry. Yeah, I'm really trying to. I'm really trying to think what that would what that would be. Um, you know, it it probably has fuck in it, but I can't. <laughs> you know, it's like I I'm trying to think of it now. I may have to tell you that later. I don't. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. No, I know it would be. Yeah, that's actually a pretty bad phrase. It would be Jesus fucking Christ. That would be, that would probably be a... Might might bend a few ears, so sorry if your ear is bent from hearing it. But, you know, I got to ask the question, and he's got to tell me the truth. Yeah, that would, that would, that would be it. You know, but that, but I will say that that's pretty much just like an in this house kind of thing. It never... I never am out in public like at a conference and say that. Right, you know, even right. Even if somebody I know well. Good, good, so, good. So the filter is on like, you know, yeah, I'm home. I can say that. <laughs> or maybe, maybe a couple of really, really close friends. But that's it. Right. What guilty pleasure do you let yourself indulge in? Hmm. Gin martinis. Nice. What kind of gin? Uh, I like a lot of gins. Um, I, the go-to, wow, boy, that's a tough one. The go-to is probably, but it's probably more a price point thing, is uh, regular Bombay, not Bombay Sapphire, but uh, Bombay 1861. Uh, but man, I, there are a lot of, I mean, I love Hendrix. 
Um, I could not drink Hendrix all the time, but it's uh, that's just an amazingly good gin. So is Van Gogh. Tanqueray is still uh, a, a good go-to gin. You know, it's the it's the piniest, the, you know, the juniperiest. Mm-hmm. Gins have gins are so varied in what they taste like. And I understand why a lot of people would not like gin, but I would also say if you don't like gin, maybe you had a bad gin. Because they're uh, out there. Because they are, yes, they definitely are out there. <laughs> How do you have your martini? Um, up olives. Um, I usually put, um, if I'm going to make two, um, it'll be uh, seven ounces of gin chilled you know of course completely chilled uh, in fact we usually keep the good gin in the freezer right and uh and a cap full of dry vermouth uh-huh. um, a lot of people a lot of people want to skip vermouth completely or just put it in and take it out of the glass you know then you're just drinking a glass of gin you know it is not a martini at that point okay now everybody's learned that recipe <laughs> that's fine i mean it's a it's a two ingredient drink and i can't and i'm and i'm shocked at how much people screw it up you know i was a Tangeray and tonic girl when I was doing some drinking, um, mm-hmm. but I never did the gin martini. I like the vodka martini. Three olives, mm-hmm. slightly dirty. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, now, let me ask you this. Uh, there are thousands of other questions I could ask, but I know you're out of time. Do you, as a company or as a couple, do you give back? Are you involved with nonprofit or charity? Want to share any of that so we can support them? Um, there's, yes, um, the Humane Society is, you know, one of the things that we, um, you know, are majorly in support of, um, the ASPCA as well. Um, so, you know, going around, around dogs, um, there are various other things that we either donate to time wise, what I'd say our biggest thing that we do, um, that we actually, I don't know that we seek it out. We just don't ever turn it down and that's mentoring. Um, we had, we probably would not be here if it had not been for people who took us under our wing, whether we asked for it or not, and basically gently steered us to where we would need to be to at least have a chance of success. And we've never forgotten that for a lot of those people and we can't give back to them. But you pay it forward. That is exactly correct. We pay it forward. We find other people who need a hand, need a, you know, need need some guidance. Uh, we don't expect anything from them. Um, in fact, we would feel very uncomfortable if we did get anything from them. Um, so we try to, you know, we try to help other people. Very and, cool. Listen, I think we're really pretty good here. I really appreciate your time. I, I know that I've taken probably more than was planned. <laughs> Thanks. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening, you sexy, beautiful, adorable person. Lots of love to you. And catch my latest always at lovethatvoiceover.com. Until next time, take care.